Carter Report presents worship from the Community Adventist Fellowship in Glendale, California. A special welcome to all of our viewers in North America and our new friends and churches in Russia. Today, you'll enjoy outstanding music and the preaching of the everlasting gospel by pastor, teacher, and evangelist John Carter. Please get your Bible and study the Word of God with us today. Thank you for joining us for Worship and Praise. special friends of this ministry who like country music. I have a phrase I've used a lot and I, it, it kind of goes like this. God loves hillbillies. He made so many of us. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I remember in a conversation with one of our dear friends up near Minneapolis, his name's Garwin. Garwin especially likes country music. So Garwin, if you happen to view this video, I hope you like these particular songs. Never more wonder 
I could have called the service today, too, dabbling with spiritism. The strange origin of Halloween, playing with fire, dabbling with spiritism. Do we all know what the word dabbling means here in this part of the world? Is that an Australianism? Dabbling? A little boy is dabbling when his mother says, don't go down to the river, just keep out of that river. And because of his curiosity, the little boy, Fred, goes down and he puts his finger in it. Then he puts his toe in it because it is so interesting and it is so inviting. Dabbling is not actively participating, it is simply playing with it. I want to say today, let's not dabble with spiritism. Let's not dabble with any of these awful uh, manifestations of the occult world. Would you please take your Bible now and turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one that interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up, what does it say? One who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. So the Bible says, very, very plainly, have nothing to do with the power of spiritism, whatever the manifestation. God says, have nothing to be, do with the people who, are, who play with the, the sacred fire and have caused their children to pass through the fire. God says, have nothing to the people who, who conjure up spells. Have nothing to do with people who believe that they can speak with the dead. The Bible says, have nothing to do with those people because those practices are an abomination to God. And because of those practices, God is going to drive those people out from before you. The Bible says, do not follow the practices of the pagan or the heathen world. I want to tell you this today because this is a fact. Halloween is a part of this pagan demonic world. I believe that as you, you and I come to understand this today, we are going to close the door to this fire. And we're going to say that because we love our children and because we love our God, we are not going to do the practices of the heathen. The Bible says don't learn the ways of the heathen. Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with those people who practice divination and who try to consult the dead. Halloween really comes from the from the days of, of the Druids. The Druids were people who did not build Stonehenge, but some centuries before Jesus, they went to Stonehenge, which is very, very old. That's down in the south of England. And there they practiced their ancient occult rites. They were Celtic people. 
They were people who really preceded the English people. And when the Romans took over uh, Britain, their religion was stamped out because it was so pagan and so uh, demonic that even the pagans said, we don't want this. And so the Romans tried to get rid of it themselves. And what these people would do is this. They would pray to the spirits and they would pray to the demons. And they believed that they could actually come in contact with the demons. And therefore, uh, they had certain sacrifices of food and drink offerings that were made to the demons. Would you believe it? And this has come down to our day in the so-called harmless custom of the trick or treat. This came from the Druids as they worshipped the demons. And the Bible tells us that these people who were under the curse of God made a tremendous impression upon the whole of the world because people became tremendously interested in their uh, mythology, their, their demonology. And as the coldness of winter came, of course over there in Britain it's getting very cold in most parts of America at this time of the year, night is coming on, the night of winter. As the night of winter came on, the British people, the Druids would have a black Sabbath, not a, a sacred Sabbath, but they would have a black Sabbath to, to celebrate the coming of the darkest time of the year, the time of winter. And this was the time of Halloween. They didn't call it Halloween. It was the time of the celebration of the dead. And later on, this ceremony became a part of the Christian church. The Roman Catholic Church embraced this, this day and this night of the dead, and they called it the, the time of all souls. All souls, which is still celebrated today in some of the Christian churches. But originally, it came from this high black Sabbath when they celebrated the night of the spirits and the demons. They believed that during this Black Sabbath, the spirits would come upon the earth and the spirits of the dead would, would, would meet with the demons and they would walk around the earth. And it was then so very necessary that they would, they would uh, placate the, the curse of the demons by offering them sacrifices. And of course, this is why today Halloween is, is celebrated in this part of the world and in other parts of the world. It's very interesting that when I went to the land of Egypt and went into the tombs of the pharaohs and the tombs of the, of the nobles, that on the walls of the tombs of the Egyptians, the Egyptian kings, you see all the elements of, of Halloween. Did you know that? You see the pagan gods. You see Anubis, the jackal god, with his hideous mask, his hideous face. And he was the god of the dead. And then you also see the spirits of the dead. And uh, you see the, the, the spirits of the dead who are talking to the demons. And you see the symbols of their pagan worship, particularly the serpent. The serpent is everywhere manifested in this type of culture. And so demonology became a very important part of the ancient and the pagan world. It was based on the concept of communicating with the dead. You see, these people believed that the dead were all around them. And they believed it was possible for a human being to absolutely and actually contact the dead and for the dead to come and to talk to them. I want you to turn in the Bible over here to 1 Samuel 28 verses 3 to 16. 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verses 3 to 16, please. The Bible says, Now Samuel had died... And all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in, in Ramah, in his own city. And Saul had put away the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him because he'd committed the unpardonable sin, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her 
and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes. And he went, and two men went with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said to him, uh, and he said, Please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name for you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul spoke to her, swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you because of this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up to you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I thought, you know, that when people die, they went to heaven. And here's the prophet of God, but he's coming up. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me and does not answer me any more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I've called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? Listen very carefully. Because this is repeated a thousand times every day around the world. Maybe many more times than a thousand times. Here is a person who, in his desperation, goes to a medium. And here is the king of Israel who is playing Fred with fire. This is really playing with fire. I want to say to every person here today, if you are going along to a new age counselor, you're playing with fire. You're going to get burnt. If you go along to a spiritist and consult the dead, you're not consulting the dead, you're consulting an evil spirit because this being here that was brought up by the witch of Endor was not Samuel, but was a counterfeit prophet. He was a being that was brought up from the underworld. He didn't come down from glory. He didn't come down from glory. He came up from hell. And today millions of people are playing with fire, a fire which is more deadly than the fire that almost wiped out my home. And so here is the king of Israel, the man who should have been teaching the people of God. And instead of teaching the people of God, what is he doing? I ask you, what is he doing? He's dabbling. He's dabbling in spiritism. Dabbling in spiritism. And the next day, the king of Israel, the anointed of the Lord, went out and committed suicide as his armies were destroyed by the Philistines. Now the question is this, when the Druids were talking to these spirit beings, who were these spirit beings? When people go along to the New Age movement, who are these spirit beings? Who are the spirit beings that are going to actually walk the earth tonight at Halloween with the cooperation of many good church people? Who are these spirit beings? I want you to come over here to John chapter 11 and verse 1, if you don't mind, please. John chapter 11 and verse 1, please. John chapter 11 and verse 1, and we're going to talk about who these spirit beings are. Are they the spirits of the dead? Are they the spirits of our loved ones? Or are they the spirits of devils? I would suggest that the latter is true. John chapter 11, verse 1, tells us what happens when a person dies. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and a sister Martha. 
and Lazarus dies, Jesus lets him die because Jesus had a better plan. And verse 11, these things he said, after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Jesus described the state of man in death as one of unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, you want to know what's happened to Lazarus? Well, Lazarus is not conscious. Lazarus is not in heaven. Lazarus is sleeping. And for those who go along to a seance and they think that they are consulting their loved ones, they're not consulting their loved ones, they are being deceived by masquerading demons who know all about them and the intimate affairs of their lives. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well because sleep is good for a sick man, but not good for people in church. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now let this be plainly understood by every person in the church and every person watching the program on television. When a person dies, he doesn't go to heaven and he doesn't go to hell. The Bible says in the words of Jesus, he goes to sleep. So here you've got the Druids who are, 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 are worshipping what they believe are the spirits of their ancestors. They're not worshipping the spirits of their ancestors. They're worshipping the spirits of devils. The spirits of devils. And I want to say to you, listen very carefully, it is safer to play with 50-foot waves of fire in Thousand Oaks it's better, my friend, to be down on Laguna Beach in the firestorm than it is to be playing with any aspect of the occult. And I'm here to tell you on the authority of history and the Word of God that Halloween is a tremendously important part of the occult. I'm going to show you later on in the sermon that that is their Black Sabbath. That's their high day. That's their big day. That's their most important day. And they're having tremendous success in spreading their propaganda around the world with the help of lots and lots of good church people. Would you come back here to Genesis chapter 3 and verses 1 to 5? Genesis chapter 3 and verses 1 to 5. Now the serpent was more cunning or subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Finish the words. God said, don't eat it, don't break the law. Why? You'll die. Lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You can sin, but you won't die. You got an immortal soul. And that's what the Greeks believed. That's what the Egyptians believed. That's what the Druids believed. That's what most people believe today. That's why they're so susceptible to the occult. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Listen to me, my friend. The Bible says... The devil said that in the day that you eat it, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to be like God and you're going to know good and evil and he told a partial truth. The devil said, you break the law and you won't die because you got an immortal soul. Jesus said, the dead are sleeping. The, the, but the devil said, no, it isn't so. They become like God. And they know everything. I want to tell you today, I would prefer to believe the words of Jesus than the words of the devil. That's where I stand. I want to stand on the words of Jesus. I do not want to believe the devil's lie. You know something else the devil said to them? You sin and break the law of God and you'll become like God, knowing good and evil, you will get tremendous power. Would you like to know why people go to the New Age? 
Why do people go and consult spiritists? I'll tell you why. Because they want power. They want power to cope. They want power in their lives. They want to have an experience that they could not normally get. And so they go along to the New Age movement. And I want to tell you, they get power, but it's not the power of God. It's the power of the grave. It's the power of the devil. And therefore, we come back to the question, who are these beings that are tied up tonight at Halloween? Why do they sell in Kmart and all of the stores these dreadful masks? You know what those masks are representative of? The demons. I want you to know this today. You don't have to believe it, but it is the truth. The Bible tells us that there is around us in this world millions of demons. The Bible tells me that there is a true God. I believe in the reality of God. Don't you? I believe that there is a true God and I believe in the reality of Satan. I believe that there is a real Satan and I believe that there are real demons. And when you see little kids tonight, God bless them and help them and pity them with the masks on their faces, these grotesque masks, they are aping the Druids and the ancient Egyptians who were worshipping the devils. And what they're doing, their parents are teaching them to dabble with fire. I say we need a mighty revival and a turning to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20, turn to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20. I want you to notice what Paul had to say about the demons that manifest themselves in so many different ways in this world. Please turn with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to notice verse 20. Please notice what Paul said. But I say that the things which the, which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. I say this to you today, my beloved brother and sister. God wants us to have fellowship with Him. He does not want us to have fellowship with demons. Amen. Now... Come over with me now to the book of Revelation, please. Come over here to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3. I want you to notice this powerful passage, this powerful passage in the book of Revelation, in the Apocalypse. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3 and onwards. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. That's the devil himself. Having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. You know what the stars represent there? The angels of God. There are millions and millions of angels. And the Bible tells me that one third of the angels join with Lucifer in rebellion against the God of heaven. Did you know this, that we are engaged in a great cosmic struggle between the Creator God and Lucifer, the Prince of Darkness, Every person here today is involved in a struggle for his own soul. This is not kid stuff we're talking about. The Bible tells us we are involved with powers and principalities. And here the Bible is talking about it. One third of the glorious angels of God gave into the deceptions of Satan and they joined with him in rebellion. They are the gods of Halloween. They are the gods of the New Age movement. They are the gods of ancient Egypt. They are the gods of the pagan world. They are the gods of the New Age. They are the gods of spiritism. I don't want to have anything to do with them. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And then you come down to verse 5 and it talks about the woman, the church. And she bore a male child who came down to fight him, came down to fight that old devil who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and a child was caught up to God and to his throne. Jesus, my friend, is Lord over the demons. Amen. Never forget it. He beat them. Verse 7, war broke out in heaven. Michael, that's Jesus, and his angels fought against the dragon. 
and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Glory be to God. They did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I want to talk a little now about the ministry of these unholy angels. As I told you a little while ago, the Druids had all types of ceremonies with all types of ugly masks, and they would light the fires, and then they would have the offerings and the sacrifices, but it was worse than that, Fred, because the Druids carried out sacrifices, human sacrifices and animal sacrifices. And I've got news for everybody here tonight, or today, because tonight there are going to be sacrifices in this part of the world. There are going to be animal sacrifices. Watch your pets. Did you know that in Great Britain that saw the birth of the great Protestant Reformation, today there are as many Satanists as committed Christians. Did you know that? There are one million witches in Great Britain, people who are tied up with the occult. And the Bible tells us that these demons have become a part of this world and they have become a part of this culture. Why do you think tonight they're going to have these pumpkins with their faces and with fires in them? What, what does this represent? Most people don't know. Most people are ignorant of, of history. Most people are ignorant of most things that are most important. That's a fact. And these things that they're going to have and that they're going to encourage their children to play with are the symbols of demons that come from ancient Egypt that come from, the, from Stonehenge in Old Britain, and that come from Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent said, you're going to be like gods. Spiritism today has many different manifestations. One of the most important manifestations in the United States is the New Age movement with its channeling. It's tremendously dangerous. I want to tell you a story now about a little Adventist lady who was dabbling with the fire. I tell you, friend, don't dabble with the fire. When I was a teenager, I dabbled with the fire of spiritism, and I got my fingers burnt so strongly that I've never touched it. Mm -hmm. As a teenager, full of curiosity, uh, with some of my friends, we were on our way to go to a seance. You know, boys do silly things. Really do. Big boys do sillier things. <laughs> we were going to a seance and our old T-model Ford or whatever it was, old Chev, it broke down. But I went home that night with my mind filled with the occult, thinking how fascinating this will be just to see what these powers can do. I want to tell you something that I'll never forget. Where we lived in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, we'd had some prowlers around the house because we lived in, out in the country, and so we locked our back door, and my father had put a big deadbolt on the door. So I came into my home that night at one o'clock, and I slipped the deadbolt, closed it, locked the door with this great big bolt, raided the refrigerator. You can get away with lots of abuses when you're young. Right of the refrigerator, got into bed thinking of spiritism and heard the door open. My father got up and he went out and he came into where I was trying to sleep and said, John, you know we've had prowlers, you should lock the door. I said, I locked the door. He said, the door has opened by itself. When we were having breakfast, my dad said, I don't know what's going on in this house, but last, no, last night the door kept opening. I, he said, did you keep going outside? I said, no. I was too scared to go anywhere. <laughs> he said, I had to get up night, uh, uh, all during the night, every half hour, because the door was opening. 
Then I confessed all. My mother said to me, John, God has allowed this to happen to you so you won't dabble. Don't dabble with the fire. Better, my friend, to play with fire in Thousand Oaks and 50-foot waves of fire than to play with Halloween or the New Age or the occult of spirit, as I tell you. And if you don't care about your own soul, think of the souls of your children, I said to you. Let me tell you about this sweet little Adventist lady who was dabbling, dabbling with spiritism. Why people do this? Because they want fulfillment and they want power and they want something bigger than they can get at church, you see. There's nothing bigger than this, my friend, because this is where God is. But this woman came home this night. I know the story is true. As she got into bed, she undressed, put on a nightie, and got into bed, and a spirit being materialized in her bedroom and tried to get into bed with her. This awful practice is what is called incubus, when a spirit actually materializes and has sex with a female. This happens. And as the woman got into bed, this spirit being tried to get into bed with her. She got up out of bed and she ran and got her children and she ran out and she got into the garage and it was, it was a very, very cold time. It was winter time and she closed the garage and she, they huddled themselves up with blankets and they waited out the night praying to God that he would save them. Don't play with spiritism. I have been to Papua New Guinea and preached in that heathen country. We had the largest crowds, glory be to God, in the history of Papua New Guinea. People tell me the day of evangelism is over. For them it never even started. They say it doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work for them because they don't know how to do it. But it works when we work. People say it doesn't work. Don't talk to me about it. I know it works. Isn't God alive? Don't give, me, don't give me this hooey. Now listen, hooey is an Irish word that means garbage, nonsense. So when I was up in Papua New Guinea, we were running out of doors in the Hubert Murray Stadium. 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people are coming every night. Then the Prime Minister came with his cabinet and his staff and accepted Christ in the meeting. He said to me, he said to me, why aren't you people preaching these things louder? I said, because so many say it doesn't work. He said, you need to be preaching these things. I have a need myself. Haven't I got a soul, he said. Sir Julius Chan, the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea. But one night we spoke on the night of the Sanguma man. That's the witch doctor in Papua New Guinea. Don't think these people don't have power. Don't think it's just hocus pocus. They do have power. They have the power of demons behind them. And we had a great outdoor stage, huge stage, with our blackboards and big screens up. Uh, we were running in summertime, there was, uh, or, or spring I think it was, but there was, it was perfectly calm, there was no rain. But the very, that very night when I spoke on the Sanguma man and spiritism, just before I got up to preach, there came a tremendous wind and it picked up all of our equipment and it flung it across the field. And the natives said, the Sanguma man has spoken. There is power there, but I want to tell you we have a greater power, the power of God. Amen. And we ran the meeting that night because God was with us. Amen. My friend Alan Maberly went up into Tibet. He was the first missionary to go to Tibet, an Australian missionary. And Australia has led the world in, in pioneering mission work. I say that to the glory of God, but it's true. He went up into, into Tibet. He would go up to see the lamas in the mountains. And as he would, it would take three or four days to go up and see the lamas. And when he'd get up there and, and go to see the lama, the lama would not even get up. He would call out, over his shoulder, is that you, Dr. Maberly? Yes. You left four days ago? Yes. You came up such and such a mountain path? Yes. You took such and such a turn over the river? Yes. How do you know? The spirits told me. I have gone into the, into the houses of death in Papua New Guinea where the natives talk to the dead. 
because the skulls speak. The skulls actually talk messages. Those things happen. Here, my friend, it is far more subtle. You've got people, actors and actresses from Hollywood who think they're smart and sophisticated. They're no more smart and no more sophisticated than a fuzzy wuzzy who is a cannibal in Papua New Guinea talking to the spirits and the devils. They think they're smart, but they're suckers. They're being taken by the Antichrist. And then, of course, just south of the border, the Mexican people on November 2 will celebrate the Day of the Dead. That, of course, is tied up. We here in this Christian country will not celebrate the Day of the Dead. We will simply celebrate the Black Sabbath of Halloween. People say to me, well, I've got kids. How do I spend Halloween when everybody else is, is practicing this? Let me make a suggestion to you, because I think this is important. Spend a night with your children. Get them off the streets. Don't let them have anything to do with what's going to happen tonight. Have a family evening. Get together. Let the church members come together in a, in a social way, but let us, by the grace of God, live above spiritism. Amen. Now tonight, if you go and talk to any Satanist, any Satanist, any person who is tied up with the occult, don't laugh about this, I tell you. I have some people who laugh when I talk about spiritism. Don't laugh about it. You may not laugh for long. When I was running the meetings in the Sydney Opera House, I had a family, uh, at least a couple of ladies who came down the front, and they said, uh, what you've spoken about tonight is true. Pray for us, help us. I said, why? The lady said, my husband is tied up in a satanic cult. She said, would you visit him? I said, sure. So I drove out to Blacktown. I visited the man as soon as I met him. I knew that there was a spirit working there. I could feel the spirit working. I could feel the spirit. I don't like that feeling. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But I spoke to the man, but he said, you don't understand. I have all this power. He spoke to me about the power. And uh, a couple of days later, I opened the Sydney Morning Herald. I didn't open it. On the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald, it said, Mass murder at Blacktown. The people who had been coming to my, my meetings had been murdered by this man, tied up with the occult. I could tell you story after story. I could tell you the story of a person who'd been an, a Christian for years, but who was fascinated by the occult. And that person, who was a relative of mine, went and got some books on spiritism and started to study it. Why in the name of all that is correct would a person do this? But this person who knew the three angels' messages, who'd kept the Sabbath, who knew about Jesus, who knew all of the truth of the Bible, went and got these confounded hellish books on spiritism and started to study it. The lady said to me, I just want to know what goes on on the other side. I want to tell you, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what goes on on the other side. I want to be on God's side, I tell you. Amen. But listen, what I'm going to tell you now, you can smile about, but it wasn't funny. When I went back to Australia, I went to visit this relative. Now, this is a little scary. I sat down in the living room of those relatives. My brother was there. My wife was there. Most of, my, most of my family were there. Now, this is not funny. All of a sudden, the room became filled with the most nauseating stench. I said, what on earth is going on here? The lady said, it happens at 6 o'clock every evening when I sit in the chair. I said, what have you been reading? She said, I've been reading these books in Spiritism. As I was sitting there, Whatever was in the room got up and moved past me. My family felt it move past, and the stench almost knocked us over. Then it went down the stairs. 
I said to the lady, there's an evil spirit here. Then she confessed what she'd been doing. Did you know that often a manifestation of an evil spirit, I'm talking about a real evil spirit, is the most filthy, nauseating odor? What filthy creatures they are. Everything about it is filthy. Everything about it is filthy. But today we are being mesmerized by something which is so-called sophisticated. And I'm talking about the new age, which is so beautiful. So beautiful. So many wonderful thoughts. So many beautiful people coming in their expensive cars and going to gurus. They are going to the practitioners of the, of the, of the world of hell. That's where they're going. Now tonight across this country, which is the high Sabbath. This is the Sabbath for the Spiritists today. Did you know that? This is the Sabbath. It's the Black Sabbath. They're going to come together. They're going to sacrifice animals and I believe even sacrifice human beings. When I was in Texas, a young man was baptized. I baptized him. And then he said to me, Pastor Carter, I've got a story that I'd like to tell you. I said, tell me, Jesse. He said... I was a student in a great high school in New York City and the headmaster was a Satanist and he invited the young people to come to his home. Many thought leaders in the world today are actively involved in spiritism. Many of the great politicians are ambassadors for the powers of darkness. And so he said, I went along to this headmaster's home and he started to teach us about the occult. And then he said, as time went on, we got more deeply involved. And I said, what happened in the end? He said, what I'm going to tell you is an awful story. He said, nine months before Halloween, we would have a great sex party. He said, by this time, there were many, many girls who were actively involved and we got those girls pregnant. And we got them pregnant for one purpose, so their babies would be born just a little while before Halloween. And he said those babies were sacrificed up on the night of Halloween. And some of, I believe that many of the missing children in this country are being taken by Satanists and they're being sacrificed up tonight. Can you see why I don't like it? I don't want to have anything to do with it. I want you to come to Revelation 5, 9 to 13. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 to 13. Revelation chapter 5, and verses 9 to 13. Now, I want you folks to do something, please. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 to 13. I want you all to stand up. We're going to read this. Because this tells you where our strength is. This tells you where the power is. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 and onwards. Today we do not want to give to the, to the devil and the demons any credit for anything. We want them to know today that we believe that they are defeated foes and that we serve Jesus who is Lord over the demons. Amen. Hear that? We want every person to know today that we believe in power. We believe in the power of God. We believe that when Jesus came down to this hellhole and when he died for us on the cross, Jesus broke the power of the demons. Amen. Now you need to know that. Today we want to put the emphasis not on Halloween, not on the New Age movement, not on spiritism, not on any of this garbage. We want to put it on the Prince of Life, Amen. Jesus. And we want to give him the glory. Now I want you to read this loud and clear and proud. Revelation 5 verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders 
and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Keep standing. Listen. He is the one who has conquered heaven and hell. He is the one who is the Lord of our lives. He is the one who came down to this earth and who defeated the demons. Now listen very carefully. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? If this Son of God does not have your total allegiance and your total commitment, you have already by default given your life to the Prince of Darkness. Because there are only two sides. There is the side of the devil and spiritism and the new age and Halloween and all the doctrines of hell. There is that side and there is the side of Prince Emmanuel. There is the side of Jesus. The Jesus who came down from glory and the Jesus who lived a sinless life and the Jesus who defeated the devil in the wilderness and the Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and the Jesus who rose from the dead and the Jesus who is interceding in glory right now and the Jesus who is going to come again and destroy the powers of darkness and redeem his saints. Now, now my friend, now if that doesn't move your heart, if there is nothing in your heart that is moved by that, then almost you are too far gone, I tell you. If you can come to a church service here today and just put your head down and look glum and dead, you need to wake up because we serve a living God. I do not believe in pompous, dead religiosity that apes the world. I believe in a gospel that is the power of God to salvation. Amen. Don't you? So I say to you today, I say this to you today, let us, in the words of Scripture, repudiate the works of darkness. Let us turn our backs zealously on the New Age movement. Let us turn our backs on all manifestations of the occult. Let us turn our backs on Halloween and all these satanic practices. And let us be the people of God, warriors for Christ. Now I say to you today, in the words of the great prophet Joshua, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen and amen.